0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Foster. On today's show, we talk about week nine of the NFL season and how, uh, well, it worked out, I guess you could say. And then we'll talk about week 10 of the NFL season. And uh, but first and foremost, my guest today is none other than Mr. Brad Winter. Brad, how are you today?
1: Uh, I'm doing good, man. Busy at work with uh, upcoming basketball seasons going on, but pretty good so far.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, speaking of basketball, and not to get off too much on the topic, but uh, we got a we got a pretty good uh, slate of college basketball games tonight, don't we?
1: We do, we do. I'm excited to catch them when I get home. So yeah, or watch the holidays.
0: Yeah, I, uh, my wife and I, and again, I'm not trying to get off topic too much, but my wife and I, we've been watching, um, we've been uh, watching the show, The 100, on Netflix, and uh, oh, yeah. so outside of outside of uh, football, that's what I've been doing. Uh, but you know what? Um, don't tell her, but I may put that on the back burner in order to watch a little college basketball tonight. But uh, right. she may not like that too much. But uh, but you know, we've watched enough of it. I, I feel like, you know, uh college basketball, it's it's fun to watch. I, I want to see what's gonna happen tonight. Uh nonetheless, I'll catch highlights if, if I can't watch. But but anyways, mm-hmm. Brad, uh first and foremost, um on you calling it correctly, uh with the World Series, with the Nationals winning and seven. Congratulations uh to the Washington no problem, yeah, congratulations to the Washington Nationals on their first uh, World Series win. And uh mm-hmm. we got what the we have the shortest turnaround in sports, right? It's what now less than a hundred days until the uh pitchers and catchers report, I believe. Uh I could yep. be wrong. It may be a little more than a hundred, but nonetheless, uh baseball the offseason. The season's so long and the offseason's shows short. I kind of feel bad for those guys. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, all right, Brad. Uh, and another thing before we jump into the NFL, uh, discussion, Mm. the NFL talk, we have a big college football game this weekend. Now, usually, uh, later on in the show, I do, uh, you know, a small college football segment. I'll just kind of, you know, kind of give my thoughts on a couple of teams or, you know, um, kind of go over a couple of interesting games or whatnot. Not, it's not a very long segment at all, but but this game is so big, Brad. I want to get your thoughts on it, and maybe, uh, maybe you and I can uh, uh, pick who we think's going to win. But nonetheless, um, what what do you think about the LSU Alabama game this weekend?
1: Yeah, so that's a big game. But uh, as you had me on for a Big Ten preview, I told you Minnesota was a sleeper this year. Yeah, made two game against Penn State this weekend, both eight eight I think it's the first time Minnesota's eight no since nineteen forty one. Um, so I think on a side note, before we get to LSU and Alabama, that's going to be a fun game to watch. I think. Well, um, you I see. Th-
0: this is why I love bringing you on because you you bring information to the table that I probably wouldn't have known until I got into the college football <laughs> segment. But nonetheless, yeah. uh, well, uh, you're a Penn State fan, right? Uh, yes. So uh, so good luck to your Lions. I su- I assume. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: I'll and, be watching on uh, on Saturday. I have a uh, basketball evaluation, but I might be uh, sneaking the game in on my phone from time to time. so
0: Hey, we got to do what we got to do, right? I know, right? All <laughs> uh,
1: uh, right. right LSU-Bama game. Uh, man, I think this is probably the biggest threat Alabama's had uh, going into the LSU-Bama game. Um, and I, I'm not even worried about Tua Tunga-Lavoa. Uh, I think LSU just it looks good. I am worried about their defense. Their defense hasn't been as good as uh, as some might think. I mean, they gave up a lot of points to Vanderbilt earlier in this year, went back and forth between Texas. Um, But uh, as much as anybody else, uh, besides the Alabama fans, I think I hate the phrase roll tide. So I'm going to say go Tigers here and I'm going to pick LSU. It's going to be a close game though. You know, listen,
0: I, as a Tennessee Volunteers fan and There's people probably listening right now. They're probably shutting it off or wanting to shut it off because I said that, and I apologize. Nonetheless, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, um, I I don't want to see Bama win again. I I don't. But (laughs) here's the deal. If this game was being played, okay, if this game was being played uh, with LSU at home, especially – if it was uh, at night, Uh, but I would feel way more comfortable about LSU. Now, I do feel comfortable about LSU's chances to win this game, especially if Tua is not healthy. But I just think that this is the kind of game where Nick Saban's going to have his guys ready. He's going to have them ready. Um, and honestly, I think that this may be one of the best college football games of the year. And it's granted it's number one versus number two. So it mm-hmm. should be a good game. Uh you would expect it to be. Um mm-hmm. I think it really depends. I I wanna I wanna say this. I'm gonna pick Alabama to win. Uh for one, Ooh. because you're picking LSU to win. So, you know, it makes it more fun to pick differently. But yeah, exactly
1: the lead so that's great.
0: <laughs> right. But, uh, but here's the thing too: is I'm picking Bama mostly because they're playing at home. I think that that's okay. I think that's a big deal in college football. I think it's a I think it's a way bigger deal to have home field advantage in college football than it is, say, like in the NFL. You know?
1: Oh, I agree. Um, yeah,
0: the NFL. We can look at uh, teams like the Chargers, uh, you know, and Dolphins right now. You, you know, uh, teams such as that. Um, even my beloved Titans. Uh, there is they they allow other fans to take over. But nonetheless, when it comes to college football, that's usually not the case. Most of the time, mm-hmm. sometimes that is. But in this case, I don't think it will be. Uh, there definitely will be a, a outnumbered Alabama fans and it will be LSU fans. But I For just sure. think that I think that, that matters in this game. But here's the thing. Um, I think LSU has a good chance. And honestly, <laughs> and I pick Alabama to win, but and it's, so it's going to sound crazy. I think I'll be more surprised if Alabama wins than I will be LSU. And I okay. know that, that. I know that. Uh, and maybe that sounds a little backwards, but I, I, I don't know if Tua. I I just you know, looking at it, I only want to pick Alabama because of the home field advantage for the most part, and I think they're more they're more experienced, maybe more proven too. And so, but with LSU though you know, listen, they, they could win this game. And, and I think that they definitely could, I, I'm going to pick Bama. I think Bama will win the game, but, um, if LSU wins, I, I won't be surprised at all. And I'm excited to watch the game. I mean, I I don't get excited for, for a whole lot of college football these days as my, as my balls just, you know, aren't there. Uh, but, (laughs) uh, but, uh, but you know I I I love football nonetheless and I'll uh, and I'll watch any football. Uh it's just uh, but this is a game that I'm I'm excited to watch and um I can't wait to watch it. But nonetheless, Brent. Let's jump mm, into yeah, some, So right. Let's jump into some NFL discussion. Shall we?
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Week 9 was uh I mean, you know, I, I think week 9 was kind of uh kind of thrilling, especially when it comes to uh the way you and i we uh our predictions which we'll do later but um you actually predicted one more game than me so that means you're one game behind me at the moment or the guest is one game behind the host however you want to say it nonetheless um it was a week i think that was kind of you know a little backwards i I thought that the Vikings had a better chance to beat the – or I thought that the Chiefs didn't have as good of a chance to beat the Vikings, and look, they went out there. They won it basically on a game-winning field goal. Um, yep. You know, the the Texans basically – I mean, they had control of the Jaguars game all the way through. Yes. It actually cost Gardner Minshew his job, as uh, it was reported just a little while ago, that Nick Foles will be the starter in week 11 against the Colts. Oh, okay. And so Good uh time. right after the bye week. Yeah. So but nonetheless, we'll we'll start out with the uh with the 49ers, the 49ers Cardinals game. Yeah. Now, I don't think this was a thrilling game by I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it was uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it was interesting because it was about the only football game that was, you know, um of real interest that was on uh per se, I guess. But mm-hmm. uh the 49ers, I don't know, maybe 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 it was garbage time that they allowed the Cardinals to make it look better than what it was, but I just didn't think that this was a, a that amazing of a showing by an undefeated Forty ers team, and I, um, and honestly, it kind of makes me question a little bit. I I know that JG, you know, um, he went off. I get that, but yeah, a good game. But yeah, it's just the thing is, is I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm questioning the 49ers a little after the after this game. Like, do you think I should be questioning them? Or, like, how do you feel about them? Do you feel more comfortable about them or not as much?
1: Yeah, I think, honestly, the last two games they showed their offense is legit. Because I think before this, everybody knew their defense was good. I uh, wasn't really sure about their offense. Uh, I think they've shown their, they can lean on their offense when they have to. And as far as the Cardinals go, I mean, we talked about this earlier in the season. I mean – they're a team that we kind of are just being curious about because we don't know how they're going to do, um, and they've been up and down every week. And so that 3-5-1 and five and one is a little deceiving. Um, I'm not saying they should be undefeated, but I, I definitely think that the 3-5-1 and one record of the Cardinals, is pretty deceiving because their games that they have lost have not been blowouts.
0: Right, right. And, uh, well, except for the uh, Saints game, I guess. But, no. <laughs> oh, they're taking- well, yeah, they lost 3-9-10, the yeah. But nonetheless, they were playing in New Orleans, so I, you know, it may have been closer if they were at, uh, if they were, yeah. you know, playing in Arizona. But nonetheless, I, you speak about the defense, and the offense did have to show up a little more. The defense seemed a little, a little lacking, but uh, they had a couple of injuries throughout the game uh, that I think you know hurt them, especially on the pass rush front. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: nonetheless, I, the Forty ers are are a good team, and they're definitely a contender. I just – maybe I'm questioning them a little bit more after the Cardinals game. But, uh, you know, they they should be able to bounce back uh, this week. They play – well, I'm sorry. Uh, I say bounce back. And then I remember that they play the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. We'll get to that later. But, nonetheless, yeah, uh, we'll just have to see, I guess. All right. Uh, like I said, the Texans, I mean, you know, Gardner Minshew, he lost his job. Um with the performance he had against the Texans, uh, Minshew mania is officially over. Uh, and does it begin again at some point? Maybe, um, you know, and he's a rookie. He had a bad game. And honestly, I think that that bad game really just gave, really just gave Doug Marone and the, and the Jaguars organization um, a, a an escape plan, an escape goat per se, in order to get away from Gardner Minshew and go back to Nick Foles, yeah. and really, you know, yes, the the Texans' their defense, um, their defense looked a lot better in this game. I know it's it's had its time, it's had its spots this year where it's not looked great. Uh, both of these teams are going into a bye this week. Hopefully, they can, uh, you know, they have a little bit of injury issues. Hopefully, they can get healthy uh, and kind of go into a stretch. They're both uh the texans are leading the afc south uh and then the jaguars i mean they're still there i mean they're still they still have a chance to win the afc south i mean they, every team in the afc south still has a chance uh it's probably one of the more competitive divisions in the uh in the nfl and going into this past week uh they were the only division that had uh every team with a winning record but nonetheless um. Yeah. I mean. I think that's really all you can about say out of the Texans game, except for you know Deshaun Watson. He's a beast, and uh, he should be right up there at the top when it comes to MVP conversations. Him and Russell Wilson are having amazing years. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. Um has been a lot of fun to watch. And again, it's that mobile quarterback. Uh, you can I mean, you can even make the same excuse for Lamar Jackson, like up until he gets injured or someone catches on to him, he's been a lot of fun to watch too. So it just shows you that mobile quarterbacks um, are definitely showing they're not just a, a one-time show, but they could be uh, very much uh,
0: more consistent when it comes to the future. of. You know, so. You're right. You're right. Uh, speaking of a of an offense that could use a mobile quarterback, could or, well, I don't know, necessarily just a mobile quarterback, they could just use a better offense altogether, and that's the Chicago Bears. Uh, that's the next yeah. game we'll talk about is the Eagles Bears game. Uh listen, I that Bears offense it, it, I, I think I think the question to come away from this game is is, is it time? You, you know, I and I've said it a couple of times before, the, the Bears are kicking themselves for, for not getting uh for not getting Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes and, and moving up to get uh Mitchell Trubisky, but like you know, I think that this game really shows that they've got to do something different. I don't know if maybe it's the play calling, but Mitchell Trubisky, he just doesn't look like the answer. And he looks like the kind of guy uh, that they could get away from uh, after this year. Um, and no one would blame them.
1: Yeah, it's been int- I feel bad if I'm a Bears fan because, you know, you draft him, you're like, what is going on? And then he has his unbelievable rookie year. And you're like, okay, like, I was definitely wrong for doing him. And then this year, it's like, what happened? Like, why? Right. Did he, why did he digress as bad as he has? And yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's a sophomore slump or or it's the, the play calling from Nagy. I, I I don't get it. But it is quite confusing, even as even as someone who's not a Bears fan, um, to see it be this
0: bad. Yeah, you know, with Mitchell Mariski though, it just seems like it's. I mean, it seems like it's more than a sophomore slump. But he came in with. Uh, some people were talking about MVP for the guy, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know. Some people were talking about, "Hey, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Misko Drabisky. This could be the best quarterback class ever, uh, draft mm-hmm. class ever." And uh, maybe you know, maybe it could have been, I you know. But the thing is, is this is just not a. It's th- that offense needs something, and and I think a um, you know Chase Daniel looked better uh, playing he, with that yeah, offense. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's. uh They've got to do something if they want to make the playoffs again. They've got to do something. Um, they obviously they have a little bit of kicking issues still as well. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know I, the Bears. This Bears team, I, I, I know a Bears fan who, uh, you know, he was very excited for them last season, and he is very uh, distraught this season about them. And but nonetheless, he's even more distraught about the fact of, uh, you know, I speak of the field goal kicker. They. The you know I think that the kick the double doink by Cody Parky last year uh, in the playoffs say it I think it hurts even more with how the Bears are doing now. But um, you know I, I I digress about the Bears, um, the Eagles. You know they they came out with a win that I I think was that they needed and was very important if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive uh, in the mm-hmm. NFC East and in the NFC as a whole for a wild card spot. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, all right, so I, I spoke a little bit about the Chiefs-Vikings game. This was a game that the Chiefs, I think they needed. Uh, they, they needed this win. I mean, the, uh, the, the, a- the AFC West came out with, a you know, the Raiders won, the Broncos won, the Chargers won. You know, so, um, you know, if the Chiefs were to lost this game, you know, the, the Thursday night matchup against the Chargers and Raiders – would have been even more interesting. I think it's an interesting game because both of these teams. Yeah, the Raiders win that game, and they may just put the Chargers out of it, uh, out of the playoff race, uh, just because of you know the, just because of how it's fallen for the Chargers. Now we'll talk about the Chargers Packers game and how good they did look in that game, but nonetheless, uh, and we'll talk about that game too. But uh, the Chiefs, this is it. this is a win that they needed. Uh, this is a, uh, you know, people kind of wrote them off that they would lose the game against the Packers and the Vikings. But they came in, they were able to beat the Minnesota Vikings. And good on them. Uh, there's there's hope that Patrick Mahomes will be back this week. And if he is, uh, then that Vikings game, that Vikings win is going to look even better. For the Vikings, though, this was mm-hmm. a win that uh, that they had in their grasp and should have won. They should have taken this win, and they couldn't get it done. Kirk Cousins, I I don't know what it is about him in big-time games, but he just isn't – he doesn't have it. He doesn't have that it factor to be able to be be calm and win a big-time game. Uh, We even saw it against the Redskins. I mean, yeah, they won that game, but he struggled.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did struggle. I mean, he did put up three touchdowns. I mean, yardage isn't there, but – I mean, we have Dalvin Cook, and he's only getting 71 yards rushing when he averages 139 against a pretty weak Chiefs defense. Uh, I think yeah. that was that was more surprising to me than it was Kirk Cousins. So,
0: yeah, but you know, again, and I and I bring up Kirk Cousins because he's the quarterback. You know, yeah. um, he he knows he has to take the brunt of a lot of of a lot of anguish or a lot of a lot. You know, if a loss happens, it's you know he's the guy that they're going to talk to in a press conference, and he's going to say, "Hey, that's on me." I could have yeah. done more. And maybe that's unfair to him. Maybe that's unfair to a lot of quarterbacks. But but nonetheless, um, you know, I think that this is a team that that uh, this is a game that they let slip through their hands, and it may come back to bite them uh, later on, especially, especially for the fact that the Packers lost later in the day. And they could have, what, they would have been tied with the Packers, I believe, if they would have won this game. So now, you know, the Packers are still one game up, but – um, I mean, you know, the, the Packers, they, they don't have a firm, stronghold on the NFC North, but they do have a, a hold of sort. And every team in the NFC North lost, too, by the way. I I thought that was yeah. – um, people were talking about how the NFC North was, like, one of the best divisions, and then they all lose. So, I don't, I, I don't know how that – I don't know how that works, but it works, I guess.
1: Yeah, true. I mean, if you look at the Vikings schedule the rest of the year, I mean, they had the Cowboys coming up on Sunday Night Football – and that would be a fun game to watch. Then, uh, other than that, their biggest threats the Seahawks, and then the last game is the Packers, and they're at home against yep. the Packers. And so, I mean, could they lose and slip up against the Chargers or even the Lions or the Broncos? Well, yeah, but I still think they're they're in a good position to get at least a wild card spot in the NFC. I
0: I agree. I think that they I think that they should that they do have a good chance of getting the I think but of getting the wild card spot. But I do believe that they have to win. They got to win that game either against the Seahawks uh, or the Cowboys, and you know they may get to a spot to where uh, week seventeen they may be that uh you never know they could be that flexed game and yeah. uh, that goes into get flexed into Sunday night and uh, and we could see the Vikings uh, Packers and the winner wins the NFC North and goes on to be the you know number three or number four seed or or, well, could even be the number two or number one seed. I, I doubt it, but it's possible. But nonetheless, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> all right, before we – I know that you want to jump into the Steelers-Colts game, but real quick, I just want to kind of get a couple of throwaway games. The Dolphins got their first win um, against the Jets. Uh, yep. I don't know if the Dolphins look good or the Jets look bad, uh, but nonetheless, uh, congrats to the Dolphins and Dolphin fans. You're not going to go 0-16. So <laughs> yeah, no, that was
1: that was that was uh that was really bad football to even watch. And so I think that might be the only highlight besides the Bengals game for the Dolphins uh, fans this year.
0: Well, you know, and here's a question for you Brad. Uh we were talking about Mitchell Trubisky and, and possibly the Bears going with another quarterback. What about the Jets? Uh, listen, they are they're going to be in a position to where they could draft a I'm I'm not all for going away from quarterbacks. Okay, you know, granted, I'm a Titans fan and I'm ready for them to get away from Mariota, but nonetheless, um, I, I'm not. You know, I, but I just look at it like this is a QB heavy draft, and mm-hmm. you're the Jets. You're you got a quarterback who hey, is seeing ghosts. You know, I, I just I I don't know. Maybe it's more of a coaching issue though, because Adam Gase looks to be a Looks to be a coach who could possibly uh you know, lose his starting lose his position as head coach after one year. I saw a report and I don't wanna I don't wanna put a lot of emphasis on this, but I saw a report where the Jets are possibly talking to Mike McCarthy again about the head coaching job. That's who they were originally going to hire from what I've been from what I've read and been told. But they went and they hired Adam Gase instead, which was and then Adam Gase goes down and back to Miami and loses to his old team. It's just I I don't know. I, I think that they made a mistake and and maybe the coaching is the problem. Um and so I, I maybe they shouldn't go away from Sam Darnold. Uh, that might be kind of ludicrous, but nonetheless, uh if if, if Adam Gase is fired after one year, I'm not going to be surprised.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, but if you look at Adam Gase, I mean, his only successful season was his first season with the Dolphins. They went 10-6, and six, lost to my Steelers in the wildcard round uh, pretty badly. Uh, and after that, he hasn't really done anything. And so the hire to keep a coach around who has a, a 429 winning record uh, and for a career, a 421 winning uh, re- record, or not even a winning record, a losing record for that case, um, just puzzles me. So, so I, would, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised I'm a Jets fan he's gone even before the season ends.
0: I think people want him gone, too. I, I've heard reports where uh, – or I've seen things where, like, he's not really liked around the facility and whatnot. And uh, that's just not a good uh, – you know, you can't stick around with a guy who – I mean, it's not like your team's going to get any worse by going yeah. out <laughs> and getting another coach. So, that's you true. know, if he took him to the playoffs and then they let him go – uh, maybe that's a different story, but they're not making the playoffs. And, honestly, at this point, uh, they could be – They, they could, the only thing that they could be making is the number one pick in the NFL draft. But, nonetheless, um, all right, so Redskins-Bills, that's another kind of throwaway. Uh, listen, you know, the Bills, they played the – they scored 21 points. Okay, I get that. But that Bills offense – I don't think it's that good either. I mean, they're they're you know, they have a good defense and I think if their defense wasn't as good, I don't think that they would be the current number five comer current number the current fifth spot in the uh in the in the uh in in the AFC wild card race. I, I don't think that they would be, uh, if the defense wasn't as good. I just I have questions about that offense and maybe um uh, maybe I shouldn't, but uh, they they have a favorable schedule and should be able to make the playoffs. I you would think, but you, you never know. I mean, they still play. They play the Patriots again. They play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving in Dallas. Uh, I believe that they still play. Uh, well, they played the Redskins already. They have. They play the, and
1: the Steelers.
0: They play the Ravens and Steelers. Yeah, cool. yeah. So They'll I mean, back in December, that could be that could be four losses for them right there. Mm-hmm. Um, as, yeah, I just – I mean, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm a little worried about this Bills team. And, and you never know. They could slip up and possibly lose to the Jets or uh, – well, they already played the Jets twice now, I believe. They. They've only played – yeah, they've only played the Jets once. They, they could, though. You know, I mean, they could. The Dolphins, they could slip up and lose to them. I, I mean, the Dolphins, they've looked better with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Uh, mm. You know, I don't know if that's saying a whole lot. But, um, you know, but still – all right, Brad, so let's talk about your uh, Steelers-Colts game here. Yeah. Big big win for the Steelers, obviously, especially uh, especially when it comes to the playoff hunt. Uh, but is this a game that you're what, – what are you are, – I, I guess I could say are you satisfied as a Steelers fan? I mean, granted, you got the win, but, hmm. you know, it wasn't – you know, Jacoby verset went down, Adam and Terry missed a couple of kicks. You know, so, like, uh, how how happy are you? Obviously, you're happy with the win, but how happy are you, you know, like how satisfied are you with the win? Was it a win that you could walk away and say, oh, well, if we played them next week and Jacoby Brissett wouldn't have went out and Adam and Terry would have been on, we would have still won the game. Like, how, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about it?
1: Yeah, so I think it's definitely a game that we should have lost. Uh, I mean, Rayson Rudolph only throws for 191 yards, a touchdown and interception. But I will say there's a, few, there's a few bright spots for me, even though, again, we should have lost. Uh, I mean, Trey Edmonds, a four-string running back, uh, outshines Jalen Samuels, who's supposed to be our second-string running back, you know. Uh, he has 12 carries, 73 yards. Uh, and then our defense, uh, as much as we want to say uh, they gave about like, three touchdowns to Brian Hoyer, which is uh, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, But, uh, I mean, Fitzpatrick had that 96-yard interception return for a touchdown, uh, the second longest, only behind James Harrison in the Super Bowl against the Cardinals. It was 99 yards. And so, um, you know, uh, I would say that it was promising for our defense. I mean, if you have them on your fantasy team, you had about 26 points from them. So that was pretty good. Uh, But I will say, like, even looking forward uh, for the rest of the season, I mean, if you look at our three out of four – I was telling somebody this the other day. I'll go a little homer here and then I'll back off. Uh, the four losses the Steelers have, the only outright loss we have was to the Patriots. And so in Seattle, we lose by two points. We go about third and 15 late in the game to Russell Wilson. Uh, we lose to the 49ers by four points. Again, we had the lead. James Conner fumbles. They score. And then we lose by three points to the Ravens. And if it wasn't for Juju, and again, there was a bad call at the end game. But Ju- I mean, we had, all we had to do is kick a field goal, and then Juju fumbles it. Um, And so, I mean, we lose three games by an average of nine points. I don't think we're as terrible as what everybody's saying we are. I mean, yes, we've had a lot of injuries, but I think going forward, I mean, out of the next, uh, what, eight games we have, I think we could very well go uh, five and two, what, five and three. I I really – realistically, I think we go six and two. And so, so saying that, I mean, I'm pretty – I'm pretty excited to see how the rest of the season goes. I mean, we always play down to inferior competition – uh, but I mean, we could definitely be the first zero and three team to start the season to go to the playoffs. Um, and I'm standing by that
0: pretty strongly,
1: even though I, I am a little homer here. So,
0: hey listen, we all have to be a little homerish. You know i i listen to um I listen to Pro Football Talk all the time, and Mike Florio on there. He is. Oh, yeah. He is. Uh, you know, he's not a homer. He's he's a Minnesota Vikings fan. He. And he puts them down every chance he gets. And I think he does it because he doesn't want to sound like a homer. But listen, you know, I'm a, I am mean, I'm a Titans fan. I think we still got a chance at the playoffs. Now, granted, uh, you have a – the Steelers have a better chance. Uh, our schedule just doesn't li- line up for us to be able to do it. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I, you know, the, the thing is the Steelers aren't a bad team. I think that they, you know, with the Colts game, it may be a little more luck than anything. And no no pun intended, obviously, with uh, <laughs> for the Colts. But – but nonetheless, um, you know, I, the Steelers are a sneaky team, man. With that defense, that defense is a good defense. And, uh, you know, and you know, I, I think maybe a little inconsistent, you know, because you did say, you know, um, uh, you, you were talking about how, uh, you know, the, the defense let up Brian Hoyer, you know, let yeah. Brian Hoyer do what he did. But, hey, Brian Hoyer is a young stud, man. He's got a great future in this league. Uh oh wait he's like almost man. 40 never mind. I, <laughs> that that. I was like uh, well nonetheless okay all right Brad let's uh I guess the next game we can talk about is the Titans Panthers game. I have already brought my Titans up. Um listen I I picked the Panthers to win this game. Uh you've had the Panthers picked and then you went and you picked the Titans. Uh hey man you we would have been tied I'm just saying. Uh-huh. We would have been tied it's cool though. Uh-huh um i thought the titans were gonna make a comeback uh ryan Suckup came back i thought okay our kicking issues aren't too bad uh no he misses three field goals the first the first two the first one hey you're rusty okay that second one it's a 56 yarder listen that's not a high percentage kick okay not a lot of kickers can make that kick so i really don't blame him for that either but then that last one man you got to make that you've got to make that that you don't make that, and there's no chance for the Titans to win that game. Uh, and then Christian McCaffrey, listen, that guy's a beast. Uh, when it comes to the Panthers, and he's – wow, he's a beast. Uh, today came out, the Panthers have put Cam Newton on IR. Uh, so Kyle Allen has the reins for the rest of the season. We'll see if maybe uh, – you never know, Cam Newton could be traded in the offseason uh, or released. I doubt he'd be released. I'm sure they'd want to try to get something out of him. But if uh, Kyle Allen can get the Panthers to the playoffs, uh, and you just never know. But I think if they can, if they can lean on Christian McCaffrey, this team, that Panthers team, is good. And when it comes to my Titans, listen, you know, and we'll do our predictions later. But this Chiefs game on Sunday, them losing to the Panthers and then coming home and beating the Chiefs is is the tight is a, the most Titan thing to do. So so later on when I make my predictions. You may know where I'm going with this because I because I just feel so strongly, uh, and it makes it infuriates me that they're this way. You know how can you go in and how can you beat a team so good? Kind of like the Patriots last year, they beat the Patriots thirty-four to ten a year ago. They beat them thirty-four to ten, but then you know, but then a, a week earlier, two weeks earlier, whatever it was, you lose to the Bills. Okay, or or you know they lost to the Dolphins at the beginning of the year. Like it, it's just, oh my goodness, the inconsistency kills me. But nonetheless, I'm gonna get off my I, rant and my how horse with them. But
1: yeah, well, I was to say, I think someone in the uh, Browns game uh, told me I need to give them a little bit more respect. So I'm not, I'm not really sure. So
0: uh, well, listen, I, listen, I, I'm not saying don't give them respect. I get that. You know, I'm not saying don't give them respect uh, because I, you know. It, they were able to shut down, a, and, and I'm happy about it. I, we know we'll get to the Browns in just a minute. But uh, but nonetheless, yeah, I know I agree with you now, though, you know, and I kind of agreed with you then. They are super inconsistent. I just believe that the way that they started against the Browns, that they wouldn't be so inconsistent. And uh, just, uh, I don't know what it is. I really don't. I don't know if it's just – there's no momentum when they come out of the locker room in the first half. Uh, mm-hmm. They have absolutely no – they have no enthusiasm. That first drive, you, you know, you get a turnover. You can go down the field. You don't need to try to kick a field goal there. That's where you need to score a touchdown. You score a touchdown there, and that game, I think, is in the Titans' control the whole time. But nonetheless, <sighs> me, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I mean, it could play
1: Like two or three missed field goals and two interceptions and a fumble. I mean – when you look at those type of, uh, of bad uh, things going your way uh, or not going your way, for example, it's hard to beat a team with, with that many uh, missed field goals and that many turnovers.
0: Right. And, and the only thing that didn't happen was a, a black cat coming onto the field. I just yeah. – it, it just <laughs> – anyways, all right, I'm, I'm going to digress because we'll spend too much time on that. and I, I don't want to – you know, we both kind of talked about our teams and – Uh, probably more than we should. But nonetheless, uh, the Lions-Raiders game, this was a really good game. Uh, The Lions offense, I I enjoy watching Matthew Stafford play. I really do. Uh, But nonetheless, it's a big win for the Raiders, and they get back home, they get this win, and they stay firmly in the playoff race. Uh, And I think that this Raiders team is a team that um, maybe could shock some people uh, I don't know if I'm not calling Super Bowl, obviously. But um uh, but you just never know. I think this Raiders team, they're a little consistent too, but um I, yeah, yeah, this Raiders team, good win for them. Yeah, I
1: was I was really surprised too. I, I told you last week, you know, like their pass offense terrible. I think Matthew Stafford's gonna light them up. And realistically, I mean that's what won them the game. I mean the one handed interception uh about I don't know what the corner's name, but uh, but that corner for the Raiders was really pretty. Um, yeah, so that again, an interesting game. I think the fumble on the first drive for the Lions, uh, really hurt them. And again, they had an interception. And if you look at the Raiders stats, I mean, they're pretty solid. They have a missed field goal and a TOD. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they had a good day on offense.
0: Yep, I know. I, yeah, no, I agree. And I, I mean, this Raiders team, uh, John gruden has got them looking a lot better than what people thought they would. And uh, so, I mean, that's good. I mean, that's good for them. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, the next game would be the Seahawks Buccaneers game. Uh, the Buccaneers made this a game like I thought they would. I thought the really, I mean, the Buccaneers went up, what, 21 to 7, 21, maybe 21 nothing?
1: Um, I think 21 to 7.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, the Seahawks came back good on Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, I said it earlier with Deshaun Watson, him and Deshaun Watson are the leading candidates for MVP, but you know what, though? Here's the thing I want to say, too. Before, and this is kind of going back to Matthew Stafford, I want to put a little respect on Matthew Stafford's name. If he didn't play for the Lions, the numbers he's putting up this year, people will be talking about him in the MVP race. And yeah. so I'm, I'm going to talk about him in the MVP race a little bit. I think he deserves a little more respect. Now, granted, I don't know if it will continue enough to, to for him to be in that race until the end, but but honestly, when it comes to the MVP race, Brad, this has been one of the most interesting years for that for that award. I mean, there's just been so many teams out there, or teams. I'm sorry, been so many players out there. You got Lamar Jackson, you got Deshaun Watson, you got Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, I'm sure there's probably maybe a couple of others you could name. Uh, that mm-hmm. uh, defensively, maybe even Nick Bosa. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm trying to think of anybody else, but anyways, we're just right off the top of my head, though. This has been a, you know, this has just been a, uh, it's a good year. It's a good year for good performances. And, uh, I like it. I, oh, Patrick Mahomes. I forgot about him. I know he's been hurt, but it's Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. I mean, you know, <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, Brad, all right. So uh, I mean, the Seahawks Buccaneers game. The Seahawks definitely sh- needed to win this game and should have won this game, and they did. Uh, now, granted, that was a uh, that was a game that went into overtime, so it was a good game. It was a game that um, they had to come back and 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 well, you know, do things Russell Wilson's been able to do, and uh, I yeah. So uh, I, I mean, do you have any thoughts on that game?
1: Uh, yeah, just real quick on Matthew Stafford. I won't spend too much time on this, but I think with, the thing with Matthew Stafford is while he's been there, the Lions just haven't been able to get him a good running back. When I mean, they had Reggie Bush for a little bit, but other than that, he isn't a good running back. And and you look at the Seahawks, well, Russell Wilson, I mean, Chris Carson went for 105 yards against the Bucks, And yeah. so I think having a good quarterback helps – I mean, it helps really – I mean, the Texans, they have Carlos Hyde, which Carlos, Carlos Hyde isn't an MVP-type running back, but he can get the job done. Hey, he he, he, so,
0: he went off this week. I mean, he, it, you he's know. Team, so, hey, 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 me too.
1: <laughs> so uh, but anyway, uh, I digress. But, yeah, I think having a good running back helps a lot. The Seahawks, um, a lot of people put them as, like, the fifth best team in the league or even the fourth. I'm just nervous about their defense. I mean, I know the Bucks have scored high, especially on AFC West teams this year. Um, but to be at home and give up, uh, you know, almost 400 yards to Jameis Winston and, and having to go into overtime, uh, I just didn't get that. Uh, and I think it shows that the Bucks have some promise, but then the Bucs can figure out their defense. Uh, they might be in position next year to make a playoff run. Hey, granted, it would be like wild card or something like that. But I think they can work on their defense, they could be a half-decent team.
0: And Winston, listen, I mean, he's he's pushing her possibly a uh, – I mean, I know he's turned the ball over a lot, but, I mean, you know, the guy puts up stats. I mean, we can't – you yeah, know, they, we can't deny that. Uh, and so and so, you never know. Maybe they franchise tag him and hold on to him one more year and just see what they can do. But then again, maybe they move on to him. We're only halfway done with the season. Well, yeah, halfway, I mean, He didn't have halfway a, a, didn't game, have a so. turnover.
1: I think he might have had a fumble. Yeah, he had one fumble, but he had no interceptions against the Seahawks. So,
0: well, I mean, the Seahawks defense. Uh, well, they're they're yeah, uh, they're susceptible they're acceptable to uh, to quarterbacks not having not turning the ball over to them. I said, but <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, all right, so the next game on the docket would be the Packers Chargers game. Uh mm-hmm. listen, the Chargers look good. The Chargers, they said uh, you know, they they put out a message that they uh, you know, basically weren't gonna I guess lay down and that's what they didn't do. The Aaron Rodgers, he, you know, I I, sp- I I said something about him being an MVP candidate. Uh this game doesn't look too good on his profile at the moment, on his resume. And so uh uh you know, this is a game – I think that I'm not too worried about the Packers after this game, but I am more impressed with the Chargers. I think, you know, they get a new – they fired Ken Wisenhunt, went with their quarterback coach to be the new offensive coordinator, and he looks good for him. Uh he got, he got all three running backs involved. All three are talented, should be involved. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a – they would have won that game even more if they would have just – you know, been able to convert a couple of touchdowns instead of field goals.
1: Yeah, I mean, so if you look at this game, you're like, man, Philip Rivers didn't have a touchdown. I think coming at the end of the season that they would have won a game without him throwing a touchdown, I'd be a little surprised. Uh, but I think for for Rivers and the Chargers, it's promising that Melvin Gordon showed up and had a good game, probably his first good game in about, in about a year, like 80 yards and two touchdowns off of 20 carries. Uh, but, yeah, you look to that defense. That defense is looking nice. I mean, they only gave up 160. Yep yards Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Jones last week, who we had like 178 yards combined, was held to 30 yards this week.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I agree. I, I You know, the, the defense looks really good, and uh, I think, you know, maybe they have some, maybe they do. You know, I said that Ken Wisenhut was a scapegoat for them, you know, for their problems, but uh, maybe he was the problem. And I mean, granted, like uh, maybe he doesn't make the defense better, but if the offense is performing better, then uh, maybe the defense does. But nonetheless, <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think I'll have to see what the Chargers can do against the Raiders. The Chargers can come out and they can have a really good game against the Raiders and win that game. Uh, maybe I believe them a little more, but uh, you know, t- good teams have down games. Uh, now, great teams usually don't. But uh, uh, but then again, we'll get to the Patriots Ravens in just a second, and I guess we can uh, really talk about that. But nonetheless, uh, Browns versus Broncos is next. Yeah. What, what what's up with the Browns man I just I this is a game that they should have won this is a game where where people are like okay well the Browns can win this game and the Ravens will lose to the Patriots in the next game and then the Browns will be right back in the playoff hunt people said the Colts were going to beat the Steelers the Browns were right back in the thick of things and now people are kind of writing the Browns off
1: yeah, I think again, and I, and if someone has listened to this every week, thank you. Uh, I'm sure Robert appreciates that, but uh, I do, yeah, <laughs> nonetheless. but nonetheless, uh, you've heard me in the past say that I just don't think Freddie Kitchens was a good hire. Um, and it's just, I, I think it's going to show throughout the whole season. Uh, I think that they had bad leadership in the locker room. I don't think MBA stepped up to be a true leader there. Um, uh, and I don't think the coach, I think, I mean, defensively, they're great. Uh, Freddie Kitchens and play calling is a whole nother story. And so I think as far as Cleveland goes, uh, I, if I were them, I'd just ride out the year, try to see with the improvement, if uh, they can get a better coach, uh, someone who maybe be, maybe has a better resume and who's willing to come in, Mike McCarthy, somebody else, whoever, um, and go from there. But, yeah, I don't, I'm ruling them off as well. I've kind of ruled them off since uh, they got –
0: you know, since they kind of had a rocky start to the season. Uh, and they certainly did. Uh you know, but, um, I mean, they have a talented team on paper, but they, they just, do. you know, uh, I think I, I heard it this morning. Odell Beckham Jr. Only has three red zone targets on the year. He is like 120 is wow. something, I believe 123rd or something like that. in wide receiver red zone targets or receiver or red zone targets, uh, And I just that's uh, that's blasphemy, man. I mean, it really is. Julian Edelman has eighteen, and you're telling me that the Patriots can get Julian Edelman eighteen, but they can't. But you know, Baker Mayfield can't throw to Odell Beckham ten times at least in the red zone. I I mean, it's just that's just that's blasphemy, and they're not using him correctly and honestly. If Odell Beckham wanted to go somewhere else, I definitely wouldn't blame him. Hey, you know what? Speaking of Freddie Kitchens, um, speaking of Freddie Kitchens, he could be a quarterback who loses his job after just one year. Uh, I, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think it'll happen. I think that their scapegoat this year is going to be, well, our offensive line wasn't that good. We're young. We're learning. This is Freddie's first year. You know, they have excuses for this year but with all the expectations that people put on them and, uh, in those expectations, maybe they weren't warranted. Maybe they weren't wanted necessarily by the, by the Browns players and organization, but, uh, I never really heard any of them deny those expectations, those expectations. So, uh, and now granted, uh, you, you probably are a little more around and up to date on Browns news and whatnot, but, uh, but, uh, and and may- so maybe you did, but nonetheless, uh, Yeah, it's obvious that uh, people definitely should have uh, chilled out with the uh, expectations and whatnot of the Browns. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think even the the Twitter rant by Whitehead was just a really clear example uh, of just their season and the immaturity in the locker room.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, with that, oh, my – I'm glad he – yeah. That's – I don't even want to get started on that. We we don't have enough time for me to – just have no. a rant about that. Uh, the Broncos. Hey, uh, I think the only thing you can really say is, I mean, Brandon Allen didn't look too bad. Uh, we had three Allens the first time ever. Uh, three three guys with the same last name. One, so Brandon Allen, Josh Allen, and Kyle Allen. Uh, Brandon yeah. Allen. Hey, uh, is he the answer for the Broncos? And probably not. But you never know. They're looking for the answer, and uh, he's probably another uh, uh what was his name? See, now I forgot his name. Uh. Trevor Simeon, there we go. He's probably he's probably another Trevor Simeon. But nonetheless, let's talk about a game that was – well, I don't know if it was good necessarily, I, I guess you could say. I mean, it wasn't like super competitive. Um, but it was a game where I was surprised. And uh, and Brad, you had a feeling, man. You, you had a feeling. And you went with the Ravens over the Steelers – or Steelers, I'm sorry, Ravens over the Patriots. Uh, And, uh, (laughs) right. Uh, you went with the Ravens over the Patriots and, um, well, you were right. Uh, I was surprised. I listen, I'm not surprised that the Ravens won. I'm just surprised how they won because they made the Patriots defense look like they were the Miami Dolphins defense. Uh, Not as bad, obviously, but I mean, that Lamar Jackson looked like a true, uh, future NFL star and, uh, I think that's a I think that's a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, so Lamar Jackson, and I don't know the stats uh from the game. I'll go look at it. But uh and again if he had over hundred yards, he definitely outrushed the Patriots. But um yeah, he had hundred or he had sixty one. So he didn't outrush the Patriots this week. But there's been three times this season he's outrushed uh, the opponents. Uh as in like all their running backs and their quarterback, he's outrushed them by himself. Um and so I mean He's a he's a hard quarterback. I mean, they run that option really well. They got that uh, was it Ricard that's their their fullback in there. Uh, yeah. I was watching I was watching him play. Um, I don't think I even noticed him in the Steelers game, but this game, man, he was uh, he was. I mean, he I think it's a pivotal piece. I think if he goes down. I'd be nervous if I was Ravens. Uh, he sets up some really good good blocks during the game. Uh, but yeah, I think as long as Lamar Jackson can stay healthy in that kind of style of offense, um, which we've seen Patrick Mahomes, we've seen. Uh, We've seen Deshaun Watson uh, struggle being a running. And, and granted, I mean Lamar Jackson's trying to be a pocket passer, uh, but they do have a lot of runs for him, I and mean, he scored two touchdowns on the ground. And so I think if he can stay healthy, I, I think they're poised to do well. Um, they've had some weird games, like against the Browns, they lost forty to twenty-five. Uh, the Steelers went into overtime, and the Steelers were only like a one in three, maybe one in four team at the time. Under um, no, one in three, that's what it was. Um, and so in saying that, I mean, they've had some weird games. They, they showed against the Bengals and the Cardinals earlier in the year. But as of late, I mean, I don't know if it just took them all while to catch on. But they're looking pretty good.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, sometimes it does. Uh, I, I, listen, I, I'm, I mean, I'm happy for the, for the Ravens. I'm happy for Lamar Jackson. I, I, I'm not one to sit here and be like, well, is Lamar Jackson, you know, is he a running back or a quarterback? You know, I don't necessarily I, – I don't believe in him being a great quarterback nonetheless um uh, I, I still don't but um you know i mean he's he's showing flashes of being able to be one and and, and so I, I could easily be proven wrong i've been proven wrong plenty of times and plenty of people will be proven wrong if he does become a legitimate passing quarterback in this league um, and he's showing that he can be uh but you know here's the thing i want to i want to mention this about the patriots real quick last year they lost five away games and then in the playoffs, they went to Kansas City and beat Kansas City to make it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, them losing this game to the Ravens doesn't worry me one bit. And really, wow, in, all honesty, uh, mm-hmm. and in all honesty, I think this helps the Patriots more than it hurts them. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, you got a team who a lot of people are saying, well, could go undefeated. I was saying that. I was like, well, why couldn't they go undefeated? I mean, they look like they could. I mean, they look yeah. good enough. That defense looks good enough. That offense looks – you know, okay enough. Uh, You know, I mean, but the thing is, is they had to lean on that offense more because the Ravens were able to score on their defense like no other team was able to this year. And uh, Tom Brady, you know, I mean, he was sacked a couple of times. He was hurried a lot. He was knocked down. I mean, listen, you know, Tom Brady's not what he used to be, and you can't just rely on him. And so uh, that Mm -hmm. defense is, uh, I I think, in order for them to make it, I think – over anything this year, in order for them to make it where they where they want to make it, that defense has to show up. I'm not saying in every game, but it has to show up in almost every game, especially when the playoffs come. But we don't know how the Patriots are when it comes to playoffs, and they're just – it's like they're in a totally different mindset and they're a totally different animal. But nonetheless, yeah. they are they are still my Super Bowl favorites, as much as it pains me to say that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, great win for the Ravens. The Ravens look good. Uh, I think the Ravens. I don't, I don't. see why they couldn't make it to the playoffs. Uh, they would have to have a disastrous end to their. I think they'd have to do something. To, uh, uh, disastrous. Uh, I think. I mean, to to not make it. But uh, but then again, um, you know, you are uh, you probably have high hopes for you have high hopes for the Steelers. You never know. The Steelers could come in and uh, steal away the division or something. So, but we'll see. We will see how that goes. And uh, but nonetheless. The last game on the docket uh, – hold on one second. My uh, uh my black cat – I have a black kitten, and she's in the room. Let me get – oh, okay, she's going out of the room now on her own. Oh, there she goes. Okay, sorry about that. I was interrupted. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, all right, Brad, that was my joke of the day. I tried to make it funny. It didn't work, but that's okay. All right, uh, this game was uh, – it looked like the Giants had a – I mean, it looked like the Giants were, uh, you know – um, I posted about this uh, la- last night. The ESPN showed a stat where, you know, Dak Prescott had done great against the Giants, and he hadn't thrown an interception. First play of the game, first pass of the game, he throws an interception. But the Giants only got a field goal out of that. And that's one of those where you're that close to the goal line at the beginning of the game. The momentum shifts completely to New York if they score a touchdown there. But because they didn't, the Cowboys are like, eh, we're okay, you know. And they're okay if the, if, if the Giants score a touchdown there, they're okay too. But nonetheless, you know, there is a momentum factor there. And there is a uh, – sometimes if you want to get off to a really good start, especially if you're trying to pull an upset like they were trying to do uh, – had to have a touchdown to the field goal there, and they kicked more field goals than they did. Then they had touchdowns, and and that's that's a problem. I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that against a, a Cowboys team that's looked good against, uh, well, not good teams, which I mean, you should look good against not good teams, but uh, uh the Cowboys, I don't really believe in them. I, I don't, not yet. I mean, they're one in three against teams that are, well, you know, at least decent, <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, I, I just I, – I don't I don't feel comfortable with the Cowboys. I don't feel comfortable with saying that they're a favorite in the NFC. I do believe that they can win the NFC East, but I, I don't know if I'd say that they're a, a favorite in the NFC nonetheless. But, uh, but yeah, Brad, I mean, um, you know, I get it. Giants fans are probably blaming that black cat uh, for ruining their momentum and ruining their chance of winning the game and, and somehow, you know, uh, uh, cursing them or something like that. I don't know how a black cat – I don't know how that cat – got into the stadium to begin with. Um, I, don't, I don't know if somebody led them in there with the smell of nachos or what. But, anyways, uh, what I mean, what do you think about that game? Uh,
1: I know I try to watch this game, and I don't know if it's just too boring or what, but I actually fell asleep in it. Uh, I think the score was 13-12 when I fell asleep. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the Cowboys are 9-1 versus the NFC East since 2018, 6-8 versus all their other opponents. Um, they, just, they own the NFC East. I think they'll win the NFC's. I think the, the Eagles will probably give them a little bit of a threat, uh, but I think they'll come out on top. They'll probably lose maybe, like, the, the second round of the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, so, anyway, that's just my thoughts. I mean, I thought they looked decent. The The Giants, I mean, there is a reason why they're a two-win team, um, and I think it showed last night. So
0: Is Pat Shermer kind of flying under the radar as a coach that's on the hot
1: seat? Would you say uh, that? I mean, he did. I mean, probably. I mean, he did. He really didn't do too well when he was with the Browns. I didn't quite understand the hire of Pat Shermer, but I mean, yeah. I
0: mean, I mean, Macadoo at this point done better with the Giants team that really at that time seemed less talented than what it is now. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I mean, you know, I. I Pat Shermer's not going to get fired, obviously, but but I mean, I, I I love the I love the hot seat talk. I just I don't know. am I'm, I'm, I'm big on hot seat talk, and uh, later on in the year. We will definitely talk about Hot Seat Talk, and, and we'll know a little more. Uh, a guy, speaking of Hot Seat Talk, and, and this team was on a bye this week, uh, but uh, Falcons coach. Uh gosh, I just had his name on – I just had his name. I just had his name, like, on, on my brain. Uh, I think um, it's Dan. Yeah, Dan Quinn. There we go. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyways, yeah, so Dan Quinn. Uh, Speaking of hot seat, I'm surprised that he's still going to be coaching this week. I don't know how that is. But anyways, Brad, we will jump into the talk about week 10 games. All right, so Brad was able uh, to be with me for the week 9 review, but he uh, unfortunately is not going to be able to be with me For the week 10 preview of the NFL season. So that means you get to hear my beautiful voice and only my voice. And I know as much as some would probably not like to hear that only. uh, I'm hoping to provide you with uh, what I think is maybe some interesting games in week 10. And then uh, I do have Brad's pick for the host versus guest predictions. And so I will get to those. But anyways, uh first things first when it comes to week 10, this Raiders Chargers game on Thursday night, I think it's a it's an intriguing matchup and it's going to be a game where well both teams really need that both teams really need that win. And uh yeah, I mean he just you know, they both need the win and if they want to stay alive and yeah, I think more so the Chargers than the Raiders maybe, you know, the Raiders they seem to have just maybe one game up or or seemingly, I guess it's because of eye weeks or whatnot, but nonetheless, uh, this is a very important game for both teams, and, uh, you know, maybe an early playoff type uh, atmosphere, type game, but it should be a good game nonetheless. A couple of throwaway games, I think, are the Giants-Jets game. Eh, you know, um, you know, this is a matchup that only happens about every four years in the Meadowlands. uh Both it's basically a home game for both teams. Um, I don't really expect this to be, I I think it can be interesting, uh, but I don't think it's, you know, I I don't take it to be, uh, it's definitely not game of the week caliber. That's for sure. I think the Falcons Saints game is kind of a throwaway too. And it's not because of the Saints, that's for sure, but because of the Falcons, the Saints, I expect them to be able to roll in this game. And we'll get to predictions in a minute, but I may have already given you my answer in a way. Anyways, the Ravens-Bengals game. I again, I, this is another one kind of like the Falcons-Saints game. I mean, I kind of throw this game away because uh, you know the Ravens. It's not because of the Ravens, but the Bengals. Uh, they have a they have a new quarterback starting. Uh, he's a rookie, Ryan Finley. Hey, let's see what he can do, right? Uh, and that's, I mean, that that's the point. They want to see what he can do. And hey, you never know, right? I mean, you just never know. I. Don't expect the Bengals to be a more high-powered offense or anything. But, again, uh, a favorite saying of mine is, you never know. All right, so you got the Bills and Browns as well. Again, I mean, this is a game where the Browns, I think that this is a must-win for the Browns. The Browns have to win this game. The Bills are a team who is, yeah, I think this is a must-win for the Bills too, really. Uh they still face the Cowboys, they still face the the Patriots again. Uh you know, the Bills have a couple of teams right on their tails as far as wild card goes in the AFC. And so this is a game where I think that they got to win this game and they have to be able to um I I think that they can win this game, but again, I think I think this is a it's not as much of a much win for the Bills, but it is a must win for the Browns. If they want any chance at all, they lose this, and and I think you can pretty much take them out of the playoff picture uh, unless they're able to, unless something happens uh, miraculously. And I don't expect that. Cardinals, Buccaneers... <laughs> Kind of a throwaway game. Hey, Bruce Arians facing his old team. I don't really count this as a revenge game. I mean, Bruce Arians left under his own power, under his own accord. The Cardinals didn't want him to leave, though, uh, from what I understood at that time. So maybe it's a revenge game for them. I doubt it. They're kind of way different now than what they were under Bruce Arians. But I actually think that this could be a sneaky good game. Lions-Bears game. Hey, this is a divisional matchup. These two are playing third place in the NFC North right now and both teams saying hey we still got a chance at the playoffs but I think this is like the Raiders and the Chargers game on Thursday night this game you have to be able to the the loser of this game you might be able to just say "Mm, never mind about the playoffs I think when it comes to the Bears and their offense I think you can say it never mind about the playoffs already but you'll definitely be able to say if the Lions can pull that win out and now the Lions are playing at the Bears. But we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. With the Chiefs-Titans game, it is also a, a noon kickoff, uh 1 o'clock kickoff, uh 10 o'clock at 10 a.m. kickoff, whatever, you know, 11 o'clock kickoff, whatever time zone you're in. But nonetheless, uh, Chiefs-Titans game. Listen, I think that this is a good game. Uh, I, I think that this will be a good game. I, and honestly... Um, but, I think it it could be a good game, but it also, I think it also could be a blowout. Honestly, I do, and, um, and that's a blowout, you know, in the Chiefs' favor, if Patrick Mahomes is playing. If Patrick Mahomes isn't playing, obviously it gives the Titans a better chance of winning this game. Now, I do want to mention this, though. This is the kind of game where people don't think the Titans can win it, but they come out and they're able to win it. So, I... People, I don't want anyone to overreact about the Titans if they happen to come out and win this game, okay? They beat the Patriots last year. People said they wouldn't. They whooped them 34 to 10. Nobody saw that coming. I didn't see that coming. I surely didn't see that coming. Trust me, I was as surprised as anybody. And then you also have, they beat the Eagles last year, the the Cowboys last year. None of those games people picked the Titans to win, for the majority at least, uh, you know, uh, unless you were feeling lucky, uh, when betting but this is a game sneaky game and i'm not trying to talk my team up or anything but this is this is why the titans are so inconsistent because they lose to teams that they should be and they beat teams they should lose to it's annoying it's heartbreaking and it sucks sometimes to be a titans fan sometimes all the time if that makes any sense anyways i think this has actually got the makings of being a good game and uh, the Titans need this win, especially if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play. They should be able to get this win, I would think. But then again, Matt Moore, he's not looked too bad. I mean, he's 1-1 one one as a starter for the Chiefs. And uh, last week, he was able to uh, take down the, the Vikings, who had, well, been pretty good. And so, uh, yeah. But again, I expect this to be a good game. And honestly, out of the 12 o'clock games or noon games, 1 o'clock games, again, whatever time, I think this is probably the best one. And it's also probably why, you know, see this is the CBS game of the week. Uh, Tony Romo and Jim Nance will be there. All right, Dolphins, Colts. Uh kind of a throwaway game. Uh Dolphins. Hey, they're uh they're on a winning streak right now. Can they continue it? I don't I doubt it. But uh Jacoby reset may not start for the Colts, and we'll just uh we'll just have to see how that goes. Panthers packers this is uh this should be a good game i I really uh this is probably one of my favorite games of the week and uh this is a game that the panthers i think the nfc wild card race is is definitely a, a one that's one that's got a lot of guy a lot of teams vying for it uh vying for that wild card spot and so the panthers if they can get this win that'd be huge packers though Looking to bounce back from that horrifying loss that they had to the Chargers last week. So let's see if they can score more on the Panthers than they did against the Chargers. And let's see if they can bounce back. They're at home, so that's always good. But then again, last week against the Chargers, wasn't it supposed to be like an extra home game? Yeah, well, nonetheless. Rams, Steelers... Uh, you know, um... This is in Pittsburgh. The Steelers have a good defense. This could be a sneaky good game too, but honestly, Brad, he's not on here to defend his Steelers. I think that this could definitely be a runaway by the Rams, and I I don't know how much I expect out of that Steelers offense to do against a Rams defense that seems rejuvenated after the Jalen Ramsey trade and such. Vikings-Cowboys game. This is... This is definitely an interesting game of the week. And so, or not, uh, it's not the most interesting game of the week, but definitely one of the most interesting games of the week. This is a game where can Kirk Cousins, does he fold under the lights? Does he, can he come out? Can he lead the Vikings into Dallas and get a win against the surging Dallas Cowboys? That'll be interesting to see. And eh, it could happen. Uh, I definitely would not put it past them to be able to do it. But the Cowboys, they look to be on a roll and they don't look to be slowing down anytime soon. The last game of the week is the Seahawks 49ers game. Yeah, this is definitely the game I think I'm looking most forward to because the 49ers come in as the only undefeated team. The Seahawks come in as a team looking to ruin, ruin that undefeated streak. And I don't know if I'd say that the Rams were the harder opponent uh, for the 49ers, but I think the Seahawks, I think this might be the hardest test that the 49ers have had yet. Uh, and I think it'll be a good back and forth game. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, shouldn't be too bad. All right, folks, anyways, let's jump into predictions real quick, all right? Brad sent over his, so I have his here in front of me. He is one game, well, the guest is one game back from the host. The host is moi, me, uh, the one and only, yours truly. Nonetheless, first game on the docket, Chargers versus Raiders. He picks the Chargers to win this game. I'm gonna take the chargers to win this game as well. I think the chargers uh i just i don't know. I like the chargers more in this game for some reason all right, then we have then we have a we have well it's a little backwards, sorry about that folks anyways so then we have Detroit versus Chicago. He has the Detroit Lions winning this game. I think it could be uh I think it could be a really interesting game. Uh like I said earlier, he has Detroit winning this game. <sighs> you know what the Detroit defense has been worse this year than what I thought it was going to be. I'm going to take Chicago to win this game. Maybe just to be a little different. Baltimore versus Cincinnati, he takes Baltimore brad does and i'm gonna take baltimore as well buffalo versus cleveland Eh, you know he takes buffalo to win this game you know what i'm gonna take the cleveland browns to win this game just to be maybe a little different but i just something's got to give with that cleveland team with the team with the offense anything something's got to give so i'm gonna take cleveland to win this one in a very close game Atlanta versus New Orleans. He picks New Orleans. I'm going to pick New Orleans. The Giants versus the Jets. He picks the Giants. I'm going to pick the Giants as well in maybe an extra home game for them. I just, the Giants, if if there was a better team between the two, I think it's the Giants. Arizona versus Tampa Bay. He's taking Arizona win this game. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay, I think that Bruce Arians gets it done and beats his former team. Kansas City versus the Titans. All right, folks. There was two games this year where I felt as though the Titans were going to win. The first one was the Browns. The second one we were going to win that they weren't supposed to win in the offseason. The second one for me, Is the Kansas City Chiefs, but I've changed my mind. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this game. I just feel more comfortable with that, and I only have a one game lead. I've got to be right, right? Anyways, Miami versus Indianapolis. Brad is taking Indianapolis in this game, and you know what? I'm going to take Miami. I don't know. I got a hunch. I'm probably going to be wrong, but that's okay. Carolina versus Green Bay. He's going to take the Panthers to win this game. I'm going to take Green Bay Packers. The LA Rams taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brad is taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Eh, I'm not really surprised about that. But I'm going to take the LA Rams. I think they just want it a little more. The Minnesota Vikings versus the Dallas Cowboys. Brad is taking the Minnesota Vikings which is, I think, interesting. I'll take the Dallas Cowboys in this one. I picked against them last week as I picked the Giants, and I shouldn't have. I'm going to pick the Cowboys in this one, though. The Seahawks versus the 49ers. This is a intriguing game. And, uh, like I said, and Brad is going to take the 49ers in this game. But you know what? <sighs> As much as I I want to take the 49ers, too, I really do. But then I'm like, man, I want to take the Seahawks, too. You know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks to win on Monday Night Football. And so we will see how that works out. All right, folks. It is time to get a little Fantasy Football 101 advice from our local, our uh, resident, our uh fantastic fantasy football expert himself and Jonathan Nardone Jonathan buddy how are you today
2: i'm doing great robert how about yourself man thank you for having me again
0: i'm okay i'm all right you know i told you a little earlier we got a little a little bad well not bad weather but you know a little rain it's getting darker around i mean it just you know i'm i'm good as you know a as myself, I'm fine, but you know, it sucks though, it kind of uh, makes my day gloomy and whatnot. You know, it just, but nonetheless, we're, we're talking about fantasy football, and that always makes me feel better. So, uh, we could do that at any point of the day, and even if it's or bad weather, whatever it may be. But nonetheless, Jonathan, so let's jump right into it. I know we talked a little bit about, um, you know, some. Some key match or some key guys that you had at the quarterback position. So, uh, yeah, take it away.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have Drew Brees back. He's playing against the Saints, so he's going to be somebody that you're going to roll with. He's a must-start in that situation. Wait,
0: Drew Brees is is playing
2: against the Saints? Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Against the Falcons. He's back at home for the Saints playing against the Falcons. Uh, which should be a smash spot. So you pretty much insert him back in your lineups. But a couple of guys you might be back and forth between this week, Uh, one being a Jameis Winston at home against Arizona. Uh, He's played well in the past few weeks. Uh, He's definitely somebody that we knew with Bruce Arians was going to have those 300 and multiple touchdown games, and he's done so, thrown for multiple touchdowns in five of the last six weeks. He's cleared 300 yards in five of those six weeks as well. Now, the Cardinals have allowed posing quarterbacks three of the last four weeks to throw four 300-plus yards and three touchdowns, and this is the first time for Bruce Arians to travel back to Arizona, so it's somewhat of a revenge game for him. Uh, it's definitely something that Jameis Winston is somebody to roll with and roll with him confidently this week against the Cardinals defense, and this could actually turn out to be a fairly high-scoring game for both parties uh, if Kyler Murray can show up as well. And then traveling from there to the West Coast, we're going to go to Jimmy Garoppolo against the Seahawks, which is not a Seahawks defense to be scared of anymore. Uh, they, they have themselves given up great games to quarterbacks. Uh, just recently, actually, Jameis Winston threw for 335 yards and two touchdowns. Backup quarterback Matt Schaub came in, threw for 460 yards and a touchdown. Even though he didn't get that second touchdown, that extra 130 yards above Winston really does help kind of merge that gap uh, with, with some points there. Lamar Jackson only threw for 143 yards, but he did rush for 116 yards and a touchdown. Now, that's not something that Garoppolo is going to do, but he does have some wheels and he does have the ability to get outside the pocket. So he he came into last week's game throwing the ball just 30 or more times, just twice in the season. Uh, And then he completed 28 of 37 pass attempts for 317 yards and four touchdowns. So it's definitely something to roll with Garoppolo on Monday night in what could be a, a really great shootout with MVP candidate Russell Wilson playing as well as he has as well. So this could be a game that, again, has quite a, quite a bit of points between both teams and we also get to see a josh gordon debut for seattle this week as well so those two quarterbacks between winston and garoppolo are definitely two guys to definitely roll with this week uh somebody i would like to talk about as a watch kind of hinder your expectations on this week even though he's been on a roll he's actually really difficult to bench because of what he's done in the past three games but matthew stafford is somebody to watch going into Chicago at Soldier Field. Even though he's thrown for 10 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards in the past three games alone, the Bears themselves have allowed just four passing touchdowns in those four home games. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, to start the season, threw for 200 yards and a touchdown. Kirk Cousins came in and threw for 233 yards. That's it. And Rivers, just last week, 201 yards and a touchdown and an interception. So Teddy Bridgewater was actually the only quarterback to have any decent success since 281 yards and two touchdowns. So, and also, like I said, the only quarterback to throw for multiple touchdowns. So Stafford himself has been on a roll. And again, it's not somebody that you might outright sit because you might not have a better option, but it's still somebody to hinder those expectations. Like I mentioned, he might not put up 303 touchdowns this week.
0: <clears throat> okay. Uh, is there, uh, you don't really have to give stats or whatnot like that, but is there maybe a couple of uh, you know other quarterback options out there? Uh, possibly looking at streaming if if Winston or or Stafford or Garoppolo are not uh, are not available uh, on the yeah. waiver wire. I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick, we've
2: seen in Miami, he's made them productive at least. And even though this week is going to be a tougher week against the Colts defense. He is somebody that you could be actually looking at to put up decent points this week. Because, again, he's not somebody that's going to wow you with 303 touchdowns. But 250 and two touchdowns and three interceptions is a perfectly good Ryan Fitzpatrick afternoon. He does have some really nice matchups, though, after the Colts. Uh, Next week, they play the Bills, which happens to be a tough matchup, but it is a revenge game for Fitzpatrick. And then after that, it really eases up when they start to play the Browns secondary who struggled, the Eagles secondary who you and I have picked apart week after week on the show, uh, the Jets secondary who has struggled, the Giants, and the Bengals who have all struggled. And that's what ends the season. So, I mean, Fitzpatrick is definitely somebody that you could be uh, possibly looking to stash for the next few weeks, could be a a minor upgrade because we do have – Again, four teams off this week on a bye. Not like you're really rolling with any of these guys, except for a Watson or a Brady or a Carson Wentz type of a thing. I mean, I was rolling with a Gardner Minshew last week against Houston just because of the matchup, uh, and that kind of failed me a little bit. But based on that right there, you you could be looking at somebody like a a Ryan Fitzpatrick to fill in this week against the Colts defense. You know they're going to have to throw.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, I mean – uh you know ron fitzpatrick and uh you know i don't want to get off topic from the um, from just fantasy football talk Ryan fitzpatrick makes the makes the dolphins team not look uh like it's tanking as much as it is but <laughs> I mean, but the, nonetheless the loss, uh,
2: the loss of preston williams hurts them because he was again fourth in yards for rookie receivers this year he was definitely helping out a lot We'll see who steps up into that role. Uh but Devontae Parker is definitely somebody I'll talk about here shortly. But yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick makes them at least competitive against lesser competitive teams.
0: Okay. All right. Um so is there and not to be too homerish here, but is uh is and and this probably is more for my sake, but is Ryan Tannehill maybe somebody to uh look at uh streaming? Yeah.
2: I mean, against again, the it's against the Chiefs, that, you know, they're going to have to throw. The Chief defense has been tough. They have been tougher in Arrowhead against quarterbacks ra- with that 12th man rather than on the road. But, again, this is a, a game where – I'm sorry, buddy. There's a chance that you guys are trailing after the first quarter or midway through yeah. the first quarter. And at that point, it then becomes game plan for them to throw for another 35 to 40 attempts. Which, again, any type of volume like that really tends to cure all evil because it can really end up helping just overall. Garbage time, you're down two touchdowns, and you want a quarterback that's down two touchdowns heading into the fourth quarter because at that point, you know what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, I fully expect the Titans to uh, have to throw the ball, especially if Mahomes is going to play. But uh, that, go ahead.
2: It looks like he will, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh and so maybe uh maybe Derrick Henry. Uh, I know we're about to jump into the running backs, but maybe Derrick Henry is a uh I mean, you know, you may not want to set him, but if you have a better option, maybe he's uh maybe he's a guy that uh you might want to you might want to look at sitting.
2: Uh, last week was the first week that he didn't have 15 carries. Uh he was one of four running backs heading into last week that had had at least 15 or more carries in every game. So that kind of shocked me there. He still had success. <laughs> I was,
0: I was going to say, if he would have at least had 15 or more carries, the Titans would have had a better chance of winning that game. But, hey, Absolutely. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I believe – did Deion Lewis fumble last week as well? Uh, he did. Uh, okay. He fumbled last week, and then he also – wait. Yes. Yes, he did fumble. Yes. I, I was thinking back to the Bucks game, but, yes, he fumbled – uh Derek Henry only had two carries in the first half they come out second half and basically ran him every play uh for the most part uh and he was able to go right down the field get into the end zone so surely that's what they should have done more in the first half but again uh that's neither here nor there but for people who have Derek Henry on their fantasy football team I don't have him on any of them as I just didn't trust him going to the season um but yeah I you know um I think the game plan probably will be, you know, they'll probably try to keep the ball. So they may run, but uh, you know, yeah, you're, you know, we we both are expecting them to get down and have to throw the ball.
2: The the chiefs are susceptible to the run. So I do believe the Titans learned from last week and attempt to run and come out and establish the run early. Right. If so there could be a good chance for early Henry touchdown. Anytime you can get a touchdown from a fantasy running back in the first quarter, your day is made at that point you know, Oh yeah, just kinda at that point, looking at whatever you can get. So if they have that opportunity to be able to get down the field without having to fall behind too early, uh, there's a good chance that he still scores in the first half. And like we saw, even though they were down last week, they did come out and run the ball in the second half last week, which was encouraging to see that they needed to give the ball to him. They knew what they needed to do and and they did it successfully once they gave it to him. So, that team definitely runs through Henry and he runs through defenses. They just need to continuously give him the ball.
0: Right. All right. So let's uh if if we're done with quarterbacks, I believe we are. Uh um, yes. may not be. You may have another guy. But anyways, no. uh let's jump into running back, shall we? Let's do it. I mean, first one i am talk about is, is Jalen Samuels,
2: of course, uh, with the J uh, James Connor issue and situation going on with his shoulder. Um uh, mispractice again today, Wednesday. So definitely something worth monitoring. They said they expect him to perk up towards the end of the week, whatever that means. If he doesn't log even limited sessions, there's a good chance that Samuels sees that workload again. Uh, Trey Edmonds is definitely somebody worth monitoring as well. He didn't practice today either uh, with a rib injury. Again, coming playing your your first game of the year type of a thing, you're going to get banged up. So he's expected to be that early down in between the tackler runner. And Samuels, as we saw, had quite a few design plays and screen passes set up for him, uh, which allowed him to get out in the open field. And 13 targets is really nice to see. He's definitely somebody worth rolling with. If Connor is not playing solid borderline, running back number one with the workload that he could see, especially down inside the red zone. If Connor does play, I still feel confident rolling with him as a solid flex just because of what we saw with him when Connor was active. You know, he still had three passing attempts rolling as the lead in the Wildcat. Uh, Still saw multiple red zone rushing attempts with Connor down inside as the, the Wildcat lead as well. So I think they figure out a way to use both of those guys once Connor does come back. So I wouldn't completely shy away from him. I'd still roll them as a solid flex.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, you know I have Connor, uh, and then I also have Jalen Samuels because you know it's always great to have the handcuff, uh, the handcuff, right, or the handicap, whatever you want to call it. But anyways, um, but and so if you let's let's say if you were in a situation like I like I am, let's say that um, Connor is going to play. And you don't have another spot to, you know, you'll, you want to either, p- you want to play Connor, but you're thinking, well, you know, is there a chance that he could be limited? Um, you know, and so Jalen Samuels may get more work. Uh, is that something that you should consider if you possibly own them both? Oh yeah, uh, definitely. And, Not okay. only that,
2: but he's also has a higher percentage of an in-game setback. Or in, again, at that point in time, it would then be Samuels if something was to happen. Anybody that comes in with any kind of a limited tag or any kind of a lingering injury that even kept them out the week before, is definitely questionable. Like we saw with Thielen last week where they cleared him good to go and then bloom seven snaps in, he didn't play a single rest of the game. So that type of stuff happens and happens regularly with guys that try to push themselves because they, they are competitive and they want to be out there and they feel that they can help the team, but unfortunately their body just won't let them. So it's definitely something to to still roll with, yes.
0: Okay, all right. Um, is that is that uh, all for the no, for the running backs? Okay,
2: two more guys. I uh, definitely want to talk about how Jamal Williams has played. And he's he's kind of been overshadowed because of the few huge games that Aaron Jones has had. But Jones has also had some serious duds, where Williams mm-hmm. has actually been quite consistent over the past few weeks. Uh, he, he's not recorded a huge amount of touches. Unfortunately, he's only recorded 10 or more rushing attempts just twice this year, but where he's actually doing his damage is in the receiving game, uh, he's got at least five targets in three of the last four weeks. He has at least three receptions in each of the last four games. And now he scored a touchdown in four weeks straight. So he scored a receiving touchdown in four weeks straight. He has five total touchdowns over that span. So He's seen limited touches. Uh, He's averaged between 8 as a low and 19 as a high, depending on game plan and game flow. But he has still been able to produce solid numbers, which really would be flex option type numbers. Somebody that you really wouldn't expect to be putting up those numbers. But he is. And even though we saw Adams come back last week, Williams was targeted down inside the red zone. All four of those touchdowns have been inside the 10 yard line. That's a great number to see for a running back that's really not running the ball, but still right. wanting, they're still wanting to incorporate him inside that red zone package. They know for a fact what they have in him. And obviously, Rodgers trusts him. So Jamal Williams is definitely somebody that isn't highly owned, but should be. Okay. Um, Uh, I want to talk about the Kamara Latavius Murray thing real fast as well, just because we are expecting to have Kamara back, uh, which is nice for your number one to three overall pick owners. Uh, We've saw Murray been on a tear the past two weeks that he's been able to play. Now the Falcons, uh, the Falcons themselves have been terrible against running backs. So there's a good spot that both of these guys have the ability to produce great numbers So Kamara you're rolling with as a number one. If you happen to have Murray in that flex spot and you happen to have somebody like uh, Leonard Fournette or Philip Lindsay, Sonny Michelle or James Howard AP, something like that. Carlos Hyde, even on a bye. I wouldn't mind rolling with both of these saints running backs this week in a game where it could Kamara could score early saints go up. Two touchdowns. Falcons have to chase. They can't keep up, and then we see Murray end the game late because they're up two, three touchdowns, just so they can rest Alvin. You know, so definitely still roll with Kamara as a number one. I feel confident to say you can roll with Murray as a flex this week as
0: well. Okay, that's actually a question that I was going to ask you is about Kamara and you know his his health. I mean, it, it I guess it looks as if he's going to play. Uh, I don't think that they're going to hold him out any longer um from playing but yeah I mean you know that's yeah I mean that's uh you yeah, know he's had, definitely he's had almost he's had almost a four a full four weeks to
2: to heal uh between the the once the injury happened by week and now leading up to Sunday uh, so there's, there's a good amount of time for him to recover from that ankle injury. And I'm sure if he was able to – if they didn't have a bye last week, I'm sure that in that he, that ankle would have been good enough for him to play because two weeks ago he was running routes and he was doing sprints. So there is a good chance that that ankle's perfectly fine. He's 100% good
0: to go. Okay. Uh, you know, another injury thing, and I, I know that you have a – I believe you – I don't know if you have another running back. I, I believe you do. Uh, yeah, you may not. See. But anyways. Yeah, just, just one more sit once we'll talk about <sighs> – um, But I have a question about Levy on bail. How do you feel about him? Uh, How do you. Yeah,
2: go ahead. He's a question mark. I mean, unfortunately, this time, once you bring in another back, they had him go to a specialist to check out the shoulder. It's a question mark. You know, we don't really 100% know what's going on, or excuse me, the knee, not shoulder. (laughs) We're just talking about shoulders. Um, We don't really 100% know what's going to happen. Adam Gaze released a couple of reports saying that he's really sore. We just really don't know where to be at. I'm expecting Bell to suit up, take a shot and play, and be good to go against the Giants, which, again, he's with the workload that we're expecting of him, he's still going to get the workload, but he didn't have a rush for more than eight yards last week. Uh, We saw that he was definitely hindered, limited, but they still utilized him in the passing game, which was nice. You know, third or fourth most, uh, utilization in the passing game this year. He actually kind of slumped the past four weeks. So it was nice to see him there. He's been 15 plus touches type of a thing. He's not broken past that 75 yard mark. He's been 70 or less in every game rushing the ball. It would be nice to see him break out against the giants. Um, but we'll just kind of have to see where he goes practicing-wise the next couple of games. Again, he's not is, practiced. So,
0: Is there a guy maybe you go after? You know, maybe you get a, a, maybe a Bly Powell or yeah, a – Powell um, is
2: definitely or... the number two right then and there to own kind of the same situation with Jalen Samuels and Connor. Uh, Connor, they, know, they don't know what's going to happen. He might play, he might not. Same with Bell. He might come down to Sunday not knowing what's going to happen. Knees tight. Ankle's not able to go type of a thing and pal ends up getting the start. We've seen Pal fill in and be successful the past year,
0: so definitely somebody worth owning. Now before trade deadlines hit is Le'Veon Bell, somebody you would uh, suggest um uh if you can if you can get somebody such as uh maybe a Chris Carson, Aaron Jones, um uh, maybe even a uh, well, uh that's the only two that's really come to my mind at the moment. Possibly but a Marlon
2: if, Mack. You could look at yeah. a Mark Ingram, somebody along those lines as well. You're not going to reach for the stars. But, yeah, there's definitely somewhere you can, you could possibly sell Bell's weak schedule for the lack of production for him to possibly – that somebody take a gamble on that he might produce the second half of the year. Because they do play some re- – Miami twice. They play the Giants, the Bengals uh, – Really, just some some really easy defenses that the Jets get over the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, he's definitely got a good playoff schedule, and I bring up that <laughs> I bring up trading him because as I've told you earlier today, I actually made a trade to where I traded him away. I traded him and Zach Pascal away for Jamison Crowder and Chris Carson. Uh, Chris Carson actually has a really good uh, he has a pretty good playoff schedule as well. But for Le'Veon Bell, though. Uh, You know, I mean, if you're going to make the playoffs and, um, you know, you know, you need another running back uh, to kind of solidify your team, I I think Le'Veon Bell for for the playoff purposes um, is is a great one to have. But, of course, myself, I traded him away, but it's just because I, I I feel more comfortable. I guess there's two sides to it. You know, I mean, I think you can you can feel comfortable having him if you don't have him. But I think you might be able to feel more comfortable having someone else besides him if you currently do have him but I, I you well, know I guess there's two sides to it I would definitely feel more
2: confident with a Chris Carson in that Seattle offense over uh Le'Veon Bell and the Jets offense and what they've looked like recently
0: well I always love it when an expert <laughs> tells me i done good but, anyway, <laughs> but nonetheless uh you had one more running back is that correct Yeah, I want to
2: sit LaShawn McCoy. Um, Unfortunately, he scored single digits in PPR leagues in five weeks straight. Um, Almost borderline droppable now. We've seen Damian Williams kind of reappear to take over that backfield in the past two weeks. Uh, Crazy, what, 92-yarder last week, broke Jamal.
0: Williams. Williams. Jamal, no, Jamal, Jamal
2: Charles. Charles. Uh, So many Williams, though, I'm just saying. So many Jamals. Um, So broke his record, uh, previous record, for 91-yard rush in Arrowhead. So it's definitely Damian Williams' backfield again. He's the better pass protector. He doesn't hold the ball like a loaf of bread, uh, which we've seen LaShawn McCoy do for years when out in the open field. With Patrick Mahomes' back, Williams is also the preferred passing option. You know, Williams is both of them actually over McCoy. So it's definitely something that I feel confident. Benching McCoy, almost dropping him if you could go for somebody like, if for whatever reason, a Ronald Jones happens to still be available. We've, we finally saw them commit to him last week. Now, granted, he had 70-plus yards in each of the first three games, and they still didn't commit to him. You still kind of have to take what they say with a grain of salt. But at this point in time, dropping a McCoy for a Ronald Jones would definitely be something I would look for. Even a Kalen or, you know, for Miami, and unfortunately it's Miami, but they do play the Bills, the Browns, the Eagles, and the Jets after the Colts. So there's some easier matchups there. Um, but we know that he's going to see targets and touches. Where McCoy, we're not 100% sure in that 3 head back.
0: Okay. All right. Let's jump to wide receivers, shall we? Yeah, let's talk uh, who, about
2: it. Go ahead. A couple of them. Um, I want to start off with Tyrell Williams. He's an easy one. Uh, Oakland versus the Chargers this week. Derek Carr has thrown for multiple touchdowns in five of the last six games. Incredible. Including at least 285-plus yards in three weeks straight. He's throwing the ball well. Williams was held out of the end zone for the first time last week played five games, has five touchdowns, six games, has five touchdowns. It's actually a revenge game for him to go back and play or to play against the Chargers traveling to Oakland. So I really like Terrell Williams this week as a low end number two, solid number three. And then somebody else that I like as a low end number two, solid number three this week that played quietly and, and productively under the radar. That's Devontae Parker in Miami. Like we mentioned earlier about Ryan Fitzpatrick making this team somewhat competitive and competent they're being able to move the ball and move the ball successfully and, and that turns into fantasy points so Devontae Parker now has 55 yards in every game except for week six he has scored in four of the last five games and he's working as that number one for Ryan says Patrick. and like I mentioned they just lost Preston Williams who had seen at least six targets in each of the last six games So those targets, we're hoping, kind of funnel towards Parker as that number one. So there's a good chance that even though this week is a zone defense against the Colts is a tough matchup, he still has the ability to find the end zone. We saw him score in 10 targets against the Bills, which is a tough matchup. They play them again next week. That's a revenge game for Ryan Fitzpatrick again. Then they get an easy, easy matchup down the road. The Eagles, or excuse me, the Browns, the Eagles, the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals to finish off the season. Uh, very juicy matchups through the playoffs. You get the jets, the giants and the Bengals all really nice secondaries that Miami could actually have some nice wins against actually, but productive wise, Devonte Parker and Ryan Fitzpatrick have shown to have nice chemistry. Uh, Parker mm-hmm. should have had a bigger game last week. He had two drops that were in his hands. So should have had a bigger game last week has a solid of enough floor. Like I said, 55 yards in every week, um, has quite a big ceiling as well. So I definitely think over the next few weeks, Devontae Parker is somebody that you should own. Okay.
0: All right. Is that, would that be it for this? Nope. My sit
2: okay. of the week is Jarvis Landry. Uh had a great All week right. last week, 61 yards and touchdown uh, the week before he cleared 50 yards as well. So he decent in the past two weeks. Last week was his first touchdown. I do not expect him to score again this week. I uh, plan against Buffalo, the four to seven catches and 45 to 70 yards is definitely something obtainable for him. I don't see him finding the end zone, especially because the Bills defense has not allowed a slot receiver to find the end zone this year. They're allowing the third fewest fantasy points in the past eight games to wide receivers, and they're actually allowing the second least amount of fantasy points to slot wide receivers. So they've had that position shut down. This actually could be a bigger game, for Odell Beckham on the outside, even though the Bills have been tough on the outside as well. But I do 100% say if you can get away from Landry, get away from Landry.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: All right. And moving to tight uh, ends.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, there's only a couple. I mean, you're going to play Kittle this week against Seattle. Like we mentioned, that game is a shootout. Uh, Seattle's actually struggled against tight ends really and they've struggled against tight ends because they're not real big name tight ends except for austin hooper hooper put up six catches for 65 yards and a touchdown a few weeks back but other than that gerald everett had seven catches for 136 yards and ricky seals jones for the Browns turned in three catches for 47 yards and a touchdown in the past few weeks so even though kittle had a pretty scary knee injury last week came back and played still had a productive game gets monday night game gets the extra night to rest up I really see Seattle-San Francisco being a pretty good high-scoring game, and Kittle should definitely be on the receiving end of hopefully one of those Jimmy Garoppolo's touchdowns. All
0: right. Very, very nice. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, we, you know, you talked about him earlier um, at the at the start of this segment. And, uh, yeah, you know, I expect, it, I expect that 49ers and, and uh, Seahawks game to – I think he could possibly be the game of the week. So absolutely
2: absolutely if not possibly the game of this season. I mean it's definitely uh, again the only undefeated team versus going against the the really the number 1 MVP candidate. So I mean this is this should be a fantastic game and we know most tend to favor an easier matchup when having a fantasy quarterback. But when you have somebody like a Drew Brees or Russell Wilson, you kind of tend to favor the tougher matchups because those guys, you know, are going to show up in those games. So him right. facing off against San Francisco and that tough defense, I really still feel confident rolling with Wilson to put up at least 260, 280 and multiple touchdowns plus run the ball. Like that's the other thing that he's going to have. in. he should have a great game this week is just because he, we know that he's going to get outside the pocket pocket. You know he's going to extend the plays and he's going to be looking to move the ball with his feet as well.
0: Uh, How do you feel about Chris Carson in that game? We saw uh, uh, we saw Drake uh, I almost called him Kanye Drake for some reason. Anyways uh, Kenyon Drake Kenyon Drake uh, excuse me uh, we saw him get over 100 yards against the 49ers. So how do you feel about Chris Carson's uh, ability to uh, do well against the 49ers? On a team that's
2: been able to hold the ball and that has won over 80% of their possession battle this year, I definitely feel confident rolling with him. We know he's going to get the ball. We know he's going to see the targets out of the backfield. They aren't going to be many, but he will see a few. Rashad Penny tends to get a couple of those as well. But between those two, I definitely feel confident rolling with Seattle's backfield. Definitely Carson as a number one.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, if that is it for the tight ends, do you have more of that? That's
2: right. One, one little reach. Um, we got, because we have Ertz and Godert and then Darren Fells, who's been on a tear recently leading the league in tight ends and touchdowns with six. He's become a fantasy relevant guy as well with those three guys on tight or on by some guys are kind of looking for a, a reach at this point in time. And somebody that has played well, actually, that could be worth a gamble is jets tight end, Ryan Griffin, uh, we know Herndon is supposed to be back, and was back. Not going to be incorporated nearly as much. Griffin has now cleared 50 or has cleared at least 50 yards uh, or found the end zone in three of the last four weeks. So, I mean, it's it's definitely something that is worth a gamble. Yeah, at this point in time, they're all gambles. Uh, Cameron Brait against Arizona, who's on a league – they're on a tear right now, Arizona, to be the worst ever to the tight end position. So O.J. Howard comes back this week. He's not done very well in that Bruce Arians system, but we talked about Bruce Arians going back to Arizona. Jameis Winston could have have a good game. Arizona's allowed at least 300 yards and three touchdowns to pass three quarterbacks. So there's a lot of things circling there that even though Brait and Howard aren't involved that much because of the system, based on their matchup, they have great matchups. So they could be worth those gambles as well. So there's a couple guys like that that you could fill in for an Ertz or a and Fels. Uh, rolling with a Ryan Griffin, Cameron Break, or OJ Howard if available.
0: Okay, what about a guy like I believe his name is Jacob Hollister? He's the tight end for the for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, and uh, I know we talked about Seattle a lot, but uh, you know he's I think he's had a a couple of good games here uh, recently, and so maybe uh, maybe he's a guy who could be looked at. He's starting to see a few more targets, saw a few more targets last week, but Luke
2: Wilson is expected to play. Um, So that's the one thing that is going to hinder his production. I'm not saying either of those guys are fantastic options. Um, Hollister did have two touchdowns last week, which was a great week. Weren't expecting it. He's more of a blocking tight end as well. Uh, He did log a season high 59 snaps last week. I don't think that's something that we're going to expect on a regular basis. Okay. Um, and like I said, with Wilson expected to play this week, don't think Hollister is somebody that you should have on your fantasy radar.
0: And you yeah. have one
2: more, right?
0: Uh, I believe yeah. it's uh set
2: of the week, right? Did him of the week for a tight end uh, would be Jimmy Graham. We saw him, Disappoint tremendously without Devontae Adams on the field. Uh, now Adams has returned. And with how much they've incorporated Jamal Williams down inside the red zone, they don't even need Jimmy Graham. Not to mention the Panthers themselves have allowed just two touchdowns through eight games to tight ends. I really think if it elsewise, you need to look elsewhere for production this week from Jimmy Graham. Like we mentioned, the Cameron Bright an OJ Howard, even a Ryan Griffin this week, Jack
0: Doyle, somebody else other than Jimmy Graham. Okay. All right. Uh, And uh, outside of tight ends and uh, offensive positions, would you possibly have any defenses that are uh, maybe streamable this week?
2: There's a few guys that are, or excuse me, there's a few teams that are definitely worth rolling with. Um, Like I said, the gamble to roll with this week upside wise just because of the amount of interceptions that he's had daniel jones is somebody the jets at home even though it's MetLife, life that's where they play as well somebody to roll with the browns excuse me i take that back with how baker has thrown my mind is on the browns i've been thinking about them recently with freddie kitchens talking about how hunt is expected to take touches away from chubb as well and it's like why? anyway right. um the Bills are definitely somebody, if available, with how bad Baker has played, has uh, averaged at least one interception through the week or through eight weeks as multiple interception games, definitely have the ability to stream that defense if available. Uh, other than that, there's a few guys out there that don't have the greatest matchups this week. A lot of good offenses going to get bad defenses, so it's definitely a tough week for
0: defenses. Okay. Uh well, you know, since you brought up Kareem Hunt, uh, I think we probably should, you know, just talk about him real quick. What do you expect out of him? I mean, if he's if he's definitely, you know, in if he's not owned in your league, I would think you definitely should pick him up, right? At this point, it's almost worth taking that gamble. Uh we've seen Dontrell
2: Ilman Hill or excuse me, Dontrell Hillard take as that third down back uh He's really not somebody that I'm expecting to steal carries from, but Hunt gives them a serious pass-catching back that when you look at the overall routes that have been run between running backs, Nick Chubb has only run 35. Dontrell Hilliard run 39. So there's a good chance that Hunt fills right in for that spot for Hilliard And you can almost expect to see double the production that Hilliard has seen. So there's a good chance that, I mean, Chubb has been a 62 to 75% of the offensive plays this season. And I would expect that to continue, but there's a good chance that we do see that drop to the 55 to 60 mark with Hunt coming back.
0: Right. So if you could get a guy like Hunt, and he's playing at least 25 to maybe, uh, 40% of the snaps, Uh, you know, if he's getting 10 carries a game, uh, with his, with his talent level, he could possibly, he could possibly get at least, you know, maybe 50 to 75 yards, which I would think maybe even a touchdown and maybe a couple of receptions as well. I mean, it's obvious, you know, Baker Mayfield is throwing to anybody but OBJ in that offense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that he's, he definitely should be uh, worth it. And uh, really, I wish that he was available in, in, in any of my leagues, but he is not. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I agree. Like I said, definitely there's
2: a good chance for the 7 to 10, 7 to 12 total touches. We've seen Chubb one play make things happen. It only takes one play for them to really explode. That offensive line does know how to block downfield. So there's a good chance that you know Hunt becomes a, a – a gamble but he also becomes a long shot to to produce but could produce on minimum touches as well.
0: All right. Well, Jonathan, if that is all, my friend. I've enjoyed having you on for another uh, fantasy football segment here on Golden Point Sports podcast. And uh, as always, you can catch Jonathan on Fantasy Football 101. He's on Facebook. He's always willing to answer your fantasy football questions. And, uh, like I'm always, like I always say, he's helped me. Uh, he's always, he's helped me win a couple of times. Uh, and, uh, he's always helped, you know, he's, I, I try to bring him on. I want him to come on and, and give his, give his, uh, I say expert knowledge because he, uh, he's helped me enough. I call him an expert, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, Jonathan, as always, I appreciate you coming on my friend.
2: I thank you, buddy. Good luck this week. And enjoy.
0: All right, let's talk a little college football, shall we? The first game on the docket, like Brad said earlier, both teams eight and zero. Big game, kind of under, um, I guess, underappreciated game. The number five Penn State uh, Nittany Lions taking on number thirteen Minnesota. This really isn't that bad of a game. I mean, this should be a good game, and uh, Minnesota's at home. This could be an upset, and uh, Minnesota can beat Penn State. Maybe we need to start taking Minnesota a little more serious. Maryland taking on number three, Ohio State. I think Ohio State should be able to handle this. You know, they should be able to handle this pretty, I'd say pretty well. They should be able to, but uh, but you just never know. All right, number 11, Baylor versus TCU. Uh, this should be a good game. Baylor uh, Baylor and TCU, they usually have a good game. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I believe it was the first year that they done the playoff. And Baylor and TCU, I want to say that neither of them got into the playoff. I believe that's correct, or they both should have. I don't know. Either way, anyways, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, uh should be a good game. Vanderbilt takes on number 10, Florida. Florida had a... Lost to the Georgia Bulldogs, but uh, Vandy, you know, they had a big win against Missouri a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're playing in the swamp. I expect Florida to be able to win this game. SMU looks to bounce back from their loss to Memphis as they take on Easter East Carolina. Number 20, Kansas State takes on Texas. Should be a good game. Texas outside of the top 25 now. So they definitely need to win this game against Kansas State. To uh, well, to elevate themselves once again. Now, uh, the two thirty game, another two thirty game. We talked about LSU Alabama earlier with Brad. Uh, that should be a really good game. That's definitely the game of the week. That's for sure. Uh, but and I'm I'm excited for that game. I'm excited to watch that game, and it should be a great game. Uh, good luck to both teams. Hopefully, no one gets hurt. And uh, yeah, I mean it's number one versus number two. That's a big deal. Connecticut versus number seventeen Cincinnati. 22, number 22, West Wake Forest versus Virginia Tech. Number 18, Iowa taking on number 16, Wisconsin. Should be a pretty good game there. Number 6 was Georgia taking on Missouri. Georgia's got to take care of business in that game. Number 15, Notre Dame. Notre Dame taking on Duke. Uh, Definitely, it should be a good game, I would think. Number 4, Clemson taking on North Carolina State. Clemson's got to take care of business there at North Carolina State. North Carolina State uh, you know kind of a, a sneaky good team this year uh, I mean they're not like amazing or anything like that obviously uh, but you know they've uh, I believe they had a couple big wins I could be wrong about that I'm usually wrong about a lot of things so uh, please forgive me uh, or not it's cool it's whatever but <laughs> but nonetheless uh, and we also have Iowa State taking on number nine Oklahoma Oklahoma's got to win this game, and uh, if they want any chance of if they want any chance of making it to the playoffs, I I think that they're kind of out of it now. Uh, maybe they shouldn't be, but they've got to run the table, that's for sure. And I think that they've got to run it uh, in a big way um, in order to have a chance. Wyoming versus number twenty one Boise State. Boise State, you know they're in the top twenty five. Hey, shouldn't be too bad of a game. Wyoming had a big win against Missouri um, at the beginning of the year. Shouldn't be too bad of a game. You got, you, this isn't on here, but you got the Tennessee Volunteers taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. That's a sneaky good game too. I'm going to, I just want to say it just because it's, I mean, it's a, it's, you know, I think it'll be a good game. And if you can check it out right after the LSU-Alabama game, I suggest that. Uh, You also have number 24, San Diego State versus Nevada. And in the nightcap in the last game, San Jose State versus at Hawaii. All right, guys. Anyway, so that's week 11 of the college football season. Like I said, got a few big games. uh, And, uh, you know, I always like doing this segment. There is people who listen to this who, you know, they're not big on NFL uh, and they just want to hear college football talk. I I don't talk about it a whole lot, but um, I do try to give a little bit of thoughts on it uh, from me, myself, and I. But nonetheless... That's uh, it for the college football week 11. All right, folks, so the news is up next, and that's always our final segment. This is an interesting week of news. Uh, Not really necessarily interesting from a standpoint of, you know, oh, man, got to know what the news is around the sports world, but kind of an interesting um, maybe interesting from an from an area of let me just get into it. So the Clippers are deciding to already rest Kawhi Leonard, and we're only like a couple of weeks into the season, and they're already resting him. I I I don't like the whole resting the NBA players. I get it at the end of the year possibly, but already I I I don't I don't get that. I I just I don't get that. But hey, it's there. It's there. I mean. Whatever, it's their, their decision. It is what it is. College basketball has kicked off and, or I'm sorry, has tipped off, my bad, and uh, we're all excited about that. I'm a huge on March Madness, and by the way, when March Madness comes around, we have some big plans for March Madness. Anyways, so uh, Nick Saban is saying Tua is progressing and he looks great or good for Saturday, Mitchell trubisky he is wanting the Hollis Hall TVs he wants them to be turned off in order to mute the criticism that he's receiving uh, or to shield the criticism um, you know uh, I guess surrounding him uh, I assume that these are TVs that are in the that are in the facilities that he's in I, I'm not sure but anyways uh, okay, uh, hey, you know what I'm saying, uh, if you don't want people to criticize you, play better, am I right? Alright, the last thing is, uh, Baker says that he shaved, he shaved twice during, uh, on Sunday, it was kind of crazy, but he said he shaved twice because he didn't deserve the handlebar mustache. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Golden Point Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Foster, and I ask that you like and follow us on Facebook at Golden Point Sports. And as always, I hope you have a great and blessed day.